Hey, man. Hey. Change it up. Usually I go right into it. How are you? You've been shooting a ton of cabins recently. Woo. Sure have. How many, How many have you done this month? Like three? No, two. Two, two. two weekends in a row, which made for three weeks of working straight. If you catch my drift. Yeah, that makes sense. Planning, working, real job, weekend, working, weekend, working. <laughs> I just had a weekend off. It was nice. I have this weekend off, but now the, I'm back. I'm back. I got my, I got my camera back. I have two bodies now. I've got, a, rock. I've got a nice setup. Uh, I'm going to organize and do a computer organization. I've been working on the website a little bit. Like uh, I'm trying to, I'm revamping for the revamping. Yeah. The, the November kind of slow season. The, the lull. Me season. too, man. Me too. Um, trying to do that 1%, so yeah. 1% better each day type thing. Huh? I like it. Well, you're an animal and uh, you're listening to the photographer mindset podcast. Although in this episode we thought, uh, uh Oh, we're gonna have to change it soon to like the creator mindset or the videographer mindset or something. Cause you know, we talk so much about video now because it's so damn fun. And so I'm co-host Seth Macy. You are I'm Aaron Manis, also a co-host. And today we had on for the second time Slater Moore, who I had the pleasure of meeting after our first podcast episode, I guess a year or two later. I met Slater when I was out in Manitoba. He was one of the people filming there. And I learned, I think I say it a million times in this episode, I learned so much from him. He definitely fast-tracked my learning curve with uh, you know, filming wildlife. And I think he mentioned very kindly that he learned some things from me too. And I think we touched in this episode, that's what it's all about, right? Noticing our strengths and weaknesses and surrounding ourselves with people who can, you know, kind of fill in our gaps in those areas or help us learn maybe where we don't know so much. Of course, Slater is a social media whiz. He's going to be embarrassed listening to this, but that's okay. He is, knows a ton about, uh, you know, the technical side of filming. We get into licensing footage today for people who are interested in doing that if they're at that stage in their career. And I think mostly we talked about, again, hammering this home, ha- hammering this point home, of becoming hybrid creators. So not just being a photographer, not just being a wildlife videographer, pulling from different genres and pulling from different places of experience. You know, maybe you have some skills in website design. Maybe you have some skills as a podcaster and just kind of building yourself as a, as a hybrid creator to make, I guess your, if you're interested in a career, more fun, more engaging, and always having an opportunity to learn and pull from different areas or step away from different areas when it's not working out. What do you think? That makes sense? Yeah. If you only play classical music, you, you only know classical music. But if you can dip your toe in some jazz or some blues, some classical music, you can pull from that in your creating ability. So I think that might be the analogy of, of just you know, widening your repertoire so you can do as many things as you possibly, or as many things that come across your plate, you can kind of attack and feel like, wow, I I have the tools to do this, or I can combine tools and make something really neat here Mm -hmm. uh, versus having to turn things away because you're like, I only, I only shoot whales with a camera. That's all I do. Instead, blending skill sets, I think he was mentioning as an example, trying to get into real estate. Okay, well, let's include some of the footage I've shot of animals on the beach in this, this reel for this, or in this demo reel for this property. I think complementary services and skills was, was very much a topic. Slater also runs his own private whale watching boat. There's a link to that in the episode description as well. If you're ever in Monterey, 
Bay in California. He'll take you out. You'll see some humpbacks, hopefully, maybe some killer whales. I'm not guaranteeing anything. It's wildlife, folks. You never know. But Slater's an awesome dude. There's a link to that in the episode description in case you're interested in that. And with that, let's hear a word from the sponsor and then get into today's episode. We'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Tamron Americas. Tamron lenses are known for their exceptional quality, offering sharpness and clarity comparable to more expensive lenses, but at a more affordable price point. I have plenty of Tamron lenses in my kit that I use for wildlife, landscape, and commercial photography and videography. Their lenses are available for multiple camera brands, including Canon and Nikon DSLRs and Sony, Fujifilm, and Nikon mirrorless cameras. This versatility allows you to use Tamron lenses with your preferred camera system. I personally really love the VC vibration compensation in a lot of their lenses, which allows me to get stable footage and images when I'm out in the field. I also really like the wide range of lenses Tamron offers because it ensures that I'm covered in every shooting situation and so that my creativity isn't hindered by my gear. If you'd like to try and or purchase Tamron lenses, head to your nearest brick and mortar or online photo retailer today. You can also head to Tamron's website by clicking the link in our episode description to view their full lineup of products. Well, I figured, you know, since, uh, you know, we talk a lot about short form content and you're also an expert at that. You're, you're a social media I'm not one. an expert. No, but you're a whiz kid and you're committed to posting epic content all the time. And like, obviously your account's grown quite large because of, because of that commitment and that skill set. So I wanted to kind of, last time you were on, we talked all about whales, which is great. And probably will a bit today too, because I've, I've, I've listened to you talk about whales and you could go on uninterrupted for like three hours probably. Yeah. (laughs) But I thought it'd be, yeah, man, I thought it'd be cool to do an episode on, um, you know, combining those two things and right. uh, maybe share some of the things that uh, that I learned from you while we were out there. Aaron can't take much more of hearing about Manitoba, so we'll try and shy away. Have you guys from been that? talking about it? I know how that goes. Every no. time on, on when I was doing my podcast, it's like I'd get back from a trip and it'd be like for like three episodes. You want to just bring up another <laughs> thing that happened because <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like, oh uh, yeah, that one day though. I assume next week, like, a, a actual wolf will be on the podcast. <laughs> it just keeps escalating. Yeah, that's like, he's like, normally, uh, I don't allow photography. But for this trip, I was up close and personal. And I'm like, God damn, damn it. Come on. Uh, and, of course, I, uh, just for people listening, I uh, met Slater in the flesh when we were out. Uh, if you heard that episode with uh, Jad a few episodes ago, Jad Davenport. Uh, he was a wolf naturalist that was joining Slater and myself on a lot of these uh, shoots when we were at Churchill Wild. So Slater and I got to uh, film together and that was was a pretty awesome time. And you weren't what I was expecting because I only knew about you from our first episode. Mm-hmm. And I was probably, I, I feel like I was kind of, maybe not nervous, but maybe reserved, hopefully, <laughs> when we yeah. first met. Was I, I was probably quieter. I feel like I opened up a lot more once, you know, I get to know someone maybe. Day three, he's like bouncing off the walls and we should do this and we should do that. Day three, we're flexing in our jackets, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but man, um, I guess where would be a good place to start? You two banter while I phrase my question. (laughs) I'll just give you absolute silence so you can think of it. Please don't. What have you been shooting, Aaron? You been out in the wild at all? No, I've been doing um, some lame stuff. Lame stuff that... I somewhat enjoy, but like cabin shoots for Airbnbs and oh, some clo- awesome. clothing stuff. Like I said, hashtag steal. Um, oh Gee, 
<laughs> right. uh, I'm, I was decked out completely in steel today. You're shooting photos of yourself? Uh, no, I just like it. Oh, okay. A true, true Looks reveal. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's it. I, I was saying to my son as I was driving home today from the climbing gym, I was just saying, oh, I want to shoot some animals. And I'm like, I, I get the swivel head where you're just like driving and like looking everywhere. So it, it, it's coming. It's coming back. I'm, I got the trail cam back out. My neighbor saw a bobcat in the yard. So is winter gonna, a good time for bobcats near you too? Yeah. Cause you can track a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, they're. Less vegetation, maybe a little easier to see. Leaves all fall. That's really about it, though. Uh, I had a camera issue that I just finally resolved. I got my camera back. I popped the dial off, the shutter dial of a of my Sony, and had to send it in. And this little plastic dial probably cost twelve cents. Ended up costing me just under a thousand dollars to fix oh, yeah. because they did replace the whole top assembly. They didn't just have the dial. To replace the whole every button thing, and it was on back order for months, a month, I would say. And I just got it in the mail yesterday, all fixed and nice. So it feels good. It feels good to have her back. Wow. I had that same issue happen. I sent a camera into Canon. Yeah, this is probably like six years ago, but like the top where it says like shutter priority and like you know what I mean, uh-huh. like the little dial top. Just like the sticker fell off. I sent it in for that, and and I forget something else was on it. Like there was some sort of scratch. So anyways, they ended up to replace it. They have to like open it up. And then inside the camera, they were like, oh, the 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 chassis or the frame inside your camera is bent. We have to replace the entire thing. And I'm like, I just want that like button. Like, everything in. works fine, you know? Yeah. But the, so like the Canon's thing is no matter whatever is broken, you have to have it fixed while they have your camera, I guess. So huh. and it cost me like a bunch more. Yeah, I don't remember the price, but yeah, you have to fix everything that's like wrong with your camera if you send it in. That's interesting. How are you speaking of Canon and cameras? When we were out in Manitoba filming, you had just made a, a big boy purchase. But yeah. the, uh, the C70, the Canon C70 cinema camera, are you still liking it? You were having uh, ups and downs with it out in the field. Uh, Yeah. I and why it. did you I, buy it? Why did you buy that? Uh, I just wanted to kind of jump a little further into the cinema world. And another reason why is because those built-in NDs are like life-changing. It is so mm-hmm. nice to not be scroll, uh, you know, just scrolling your aperture or like adjusting your shutter speed just to compensate for exposure and uh-huh. being able to like properly expose stuff um, for like frame rates and all that. So it's, yeah. And now, cause I still shoot on my R5 I mean, even today I shot on my R5 cause when I take passengers on the boat, I can't like the C70 kind of needs to be rigged up on like a gimbal if I'm shooting on the boat because it's, there's no and there's no ibis. There's no stabilization in it. Um, but yeah, like the, the the NDs are just so nice, and the and the raw like it's the 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 raw is just a lot more room to play with the files, play with the footage. So it's been it's been really good. What um, was that thing you told me about raw and the patent with red oh, cameras? I don't. I, see, I, no I don't, don't want to speak on it too much because I don't know the whole story. Okay. But what I know from what I've heard is that raw somehow owns the. Mm-hmm compression of raw or whatever it is red does yeah red owns it red owns raw and like isn't allowing any of the other brands to use it and it's causing some of them to somewhat be behind but supposedly that patent is going to end and then all the cameras companies should be able to use it and then like who knows maybe things are going to like every camera brand is just going to jump to like something new yeah 
I had no idea about this. I just Googled it as you were chatting. This is from uh, January 25th, 2023, that RED camera's yeah. patent is for the compression yeah. on a camera with raw video. You cannot compress 4K or higher raw footage on a camera without yeah. RED's blessing. And if you try, they will sue you. And I think, they sh- I think they shut down like Sony maybe and someone, look, what's to say? DJI is stuck selling a camera that can't record raw. Yeah, so... I'm looking at that same article. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I heard that and I was like, dang, could you imagine? Like you just own some <laughs> file type. Like I had no idea you could own a file. You could patent a file type. Yeah, yeah so you can so they can make raw, but they can't compress it. So the files are just way too big. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's what that's saying. Well, I don't know. I think raw like from what I've I haven't shot on a red, but from what I know is their cameras, their file sizes are still pretty big. Mm-hmm. Like my C70 files compared to my R5, like if I'm shooting at 60 frames, 4K 60 frames, like it's like a quarter of the size my R5 shoots at. Huh. So, which is really nice. And it's yeah. in raw, it's in raw light. Um, well, Canon's raw light, raw light not, right. you know, the red raw, I guess. But yeah, which is, that's another thing that's been really nice on the C70 is not feeling like I need to buy a hard drive every time I lift my camera. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, how much? How much? How many terabytes are you filming in like a full day? Would you say like doing whales or any project really? Um, let me look at like the last day I shot a yeah. full. Because while I you mean, do that, I'll chat. Like I've been since I've started getting into wildlife video. Holy, it's yeah. been so many hard drives purchased, and so much of my time has gone to culling and file management, and I feel like an absolute novice. <laughs> So I was always doing video, right? Like creating Instagram reels and like doing the 4K 120 slow motion, like wildlife stuff. I never like thought I was going to get to a point where it's like, wow, I really need to buy a new RAID or a new SSD. Like I'm filling these up pretty quickly. And now it seems like I've bought three in the last six, like three, four terabytes in the last like six months. And and lately I've been shooting, I've done a couple real estate, like a couple of housing shoots for video. And it's like, dang, you fill them up really quickly. And like, how long do I need to hold on to these files for? Do I need them? Like the house yeah. is going to sell. Do I need it anymore? You know? Yeah. You hold on to stuff I think too that's long. the key, being able to let go of stuff. And Digital hoarding. It's a thing. What if I need it? Seth, we talked to someone that did video that talked about once the file, once the movie was made or the file that you want, like let's say the the walkthrough of the house, all the raw stuff was deleted. That's how yeah, they Yeah, I forget that. who that was. Yeah. Okay, so this night I had like a really incredible, incredible evening on the water a few weeks back. And I only shot 100, I shot 170 gigs. My buddy Jason filmed me on his camera. He shot 114 gigs and he's on a C200, which the C200's files are bigger than the C70's. They're not as compressed and nice. It's an older camera. Um, So yeah, we shot like over 200 gigs in like a two, three hour outing, I guess. It was so beautiful though. Like that's more than I ever shoot. Sometimes I only take like three or four clips, you know, when I go out on a eat on a morning whale watch or an afternoon whale watch. One, I have passengers most of the time, so I'm not like trying to shoot over their shoulders. I'm mainly just getting them shots. That evening in particular, I was out with my buddy Jason and we had free range. I could film all I wanted. Like he would drive the boat and I'd film. So we were. Fil- I was filming like way more than I normally would on just a regular whale watch. Sometimes I just lift my camera up for a couple clips. Yeah. And... This will lead into another point. This may seem obvious to some and kind of eye-opening to others. And and I'll segue there. But when you're out on your boat, what are you shooting? What frame rates are you shooting mostly? 
And um, is that it, intentional? So it depends. Yeah, it isn't. It's intentional. Nowadays, I'm at six. I'm usually between like 30 and 60 or, or 24 and 60 frame rate or FPS. And I used to shoot at 120. And the main reason I used to shoot at 120 is because I was handheld. And right when it's super slow, like you don't notice all of that shake or all of that movement, especially like on the boat, there's so much movement. Right. Um, but now that I'm like on the C70 and there's no IBIS and I'm on a gimbal, um, I'd, I'd much rather watch things in natural motion. It looks like it's amazing, you know, like how fast a whale launches out of the water or like how fast they're lunge feeding or, or dolphins jumping. Like it looks really cool. But then there's moments like lunge feeding or breaching that you might want to do like a retake and you can do, you can slow the footage down. So I just would rather be in 60 because if that moment happens and you weren't ready for it and you would like to slow it down, you're kind of stuck. Right. You can't slow it down if you're at 30 or 24. Right. Um, so I'd say I'm at 60, like most of the time when I'm just when I'm filming wildlife. But if I'm trying to like tell a story, I'm probably looking for the whale, just like the whale's going on a dive and then it's going to lunge feed. I might shoot all of the other shots at 24 because um, I don't need to slow it down. Right. So, I mean, like you're thinking you're you're consciously thinking about how do I want this to look in the end result? Yeah. For the most part, when you're filming and you brought this up to me, like it's, it's a common misconception. Like some people might just go like, oh, if, and this is if your camera has this capability, like I'll just film everything in 120. Right. And if I want it to be fast, I'll just speed it up to 30. Yeah. And you and I. And like you could technically do that. Right. But the footage will look like jittery and weird. You like, lose you just, all the motion blur. Yeah, exactly. Just. Exactly. Which like, I feel like a lot of people would easily overlook. Which is supposed to be like that cinema, like, I hate, that's like the new thing, like cinematic look, right? Like the natural movie motion is like, you know, like you right. want that motion. There's motion. Like it's, it's what your eye sees, right? Right. And so like yeah. in a way, if you do film everything at 120 and you want to speed it up, you're stuck in that sense because then you don't get a natural look and feel to something. Yeah. And like on the R5, the 120 is baked in too. I think in Sony, it's not baked in where you which in post, you would change it to uh, whatever. I forget the percentage for 120, but you would change it to like 40%. You would slow it down by 40%. Like let's say, say you're in a 24 timeline and you're filming at 60 frames, you would slow that down. 40% to slow it for slow motion. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're like the Canon R5 it's baked in at 120. So it's just slow motion. Whether you, when you play it back on the back of the camera or you put it back in DaVinci or Premiere, whatever you use, it's just baked in and you can speed it up, but it, it does look weird in my opinion. Right. So, I mean, the idea is to, all right, I want this to be played back in, in normal speed. Let's film in 30, 24 cinematic yeah. or, I want to, I yeah. want to have the ability to potentially slow this down. Let's do sixty, or no, I for sure want this to be super slow mo. Let's do one twenty. I just like, you know, it. It seems so obvious, but I mean, when we were out in the field, it, it really got me thinking before pressing record. Like, okay, um, whatever I'm filming, what am I? What am I trying? It helps. It helps with your ability to figure out what you're trying to tell, what story you're trying to tell in that scene. You use the example with wolves. Like, are you trying to? add a little B-roll shot where there's a wolf licking its lips. Like yeah. that makes sense in 120. How about something crossing a river from far out? Maybe that makes more sense in 30. It just really got me thinking about what am I trying to do with this shot, which I think is a good question for everybody to ask before they click the red button. And it's tough too, because like 
what if you're not in 120 and that wolf jumps up and grabs a bird out of there and you'd love to slow that down, right? So it's like, that, then you can be in that, like, then you get stuck and you start filming in 60 because you're like, oh, it's the best of both worlds. It can be kind of played normal and it's fine. And then, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think 60 is pretty safe um, and it looks pretty normal at full yeah. speed as, as long as it's, you know, coming out at 60 frames per second in terms of your output. If you switch it down to 30 or 24, it might get a little choppy and you don't get as much of that motion blur between because your shutter speed's faster, right? So that's kind of yeah. what you're saying. Um, but if you're playing at a full speed in 60 frames per second, uh, it's going to look... Exactly. And, and where's, where's this clip? And so that's another thing is like, where's this clip living? And most mm-hmm. of the times it's like Instagram, right? Or Facebook or uh, I don't know, TikTok, YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing is like, where's the clip going to live? Yeah, which which changes things uh, for me too because I I'm pretty sure Instagram Reels go at 30 frames per second. That's their native. So if you put it in at 24, every couple frames there's like a little choppy movement. We've had that problem, right, Aaron? Yeah. Didn't so you film me skateboarding in yeah, uh, it was weird. Valley of Fire in 24, mm-hmm. and then we went to upload it to and Instagram, kept, and it was like yeah, because it had to speed up. Every couple, it like loses a frame. So. 60 is good and then you could cut it in half and then you get half slow motion at 30 frames per second and then it is really smooth on instagram but if you want that 24 frame look let alone vertical versus landscape don't get me started with that and like deciding where to go with that when you're filming but i mean that's that's the whole nother can of worms trying to like figure out where it goes yeah and i think the whole 24 and like the 24 versus 30 it's it's kind of weird too because i believe it's like a European thing. It's like the 24 frames. And then the American is like 30 frames. Yeah, I think and that's so, right. Yeah, with like cable and YouTube. Yeah, and, it has to do with like Netflix if it's broadcasted. And, and yeah. Ne- yeah, so I don't need, I mean, like personally, I don't even know if I would notice difference between 24 and 30. But no. what's nice about, let's like, say you're filming 60 and you put it into a 24 timeline, you get that extra 10%. It's a little yeah. bit slower, which is mm-hmm. cool. So. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone like yourself who's concerned with licensing footage, isn't that part of the reason you got the C70 because it's Netflix approved? Like, you know. uh, yeah, it's part of it. Like if, if I am going to be out there capturing footage every day. Um, and I'm also – like I love the drone and the drone is a huge part of my, my brand probably I'd say or it was at least. I've definitely gone – like tried to go really far away from it. Not because I don't love the drone, but the drone, uh, I just feel like it kind of – it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but it, it limits like my creativity. It's just like a lot of top down shots and it looks right. really amazing. But like getting handheld footage from the boat is really hard because, or getting handheld footage in general, like you especially filming the wolves, right? It's like tracking them, anticipating them, especially with whales where you don't know where they're going to come up or you don't know where they're going to like lunge feed or breach at. Like even if they're breaching 10 times in a row, doesn't mean it didn't turn underwater and go the opposite direction. So you have to like the anticipation of filming from the boat is, it's a lot harder and a lot of fun, I think. And those are like the shots that are hard to get. And so if I can capture those while I'm out there and then I have them at a, I can capture them in raw or, and you know, in a higher pro or a higher standard, then it, it's, I could sell it for more. Right. 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 So I guess my question then too, is if you're wanting to have that in your back pocket, like, Oh, like in, in a, if there's a chance that this footage could be licensable for you, right. To make some money. Yeah. Are you like which frame rate are you filming in? Because BBC is British, right? Netflix is American. Like, how do you make that choice? Or does it really matter? I don't think I, I think they're gonna use it regardless. If it's something, especially that's another thing, is like 
I always tried to be like I was filming in I was filming in 1080 for the longest time because I was like it's just going on Instagram why do I care and then I and then obviously like 4K became so normal like it, I would just basically say it's very normal now right but before like I have filmed things that are once in a lifetime that I probably won't ever film again and those things some being in 1080 and some being in like 4K 30 are still I just sold footage the other day of Blue Whale's lunch feeding because it's only happened like it's only been filmed like no it's in 4k that one is but it's only been filmed like five times uh and like three or four times from the drone yeah and no one has the footage so uh and some people's footage just was on like a phantom three where it's all blown out and they were like tracking it while it was you know feeding and it was you know what i mean so it's a really rare thing so if you're lucky in that sense you can still sell footage whether it's not like up to the standard like they i feel like some films allow so much footage that isn't at the you know, Netflix approved level, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Right. How, how do people know that your footage is available? I don't, usually because I have like the social media, I'll post, sometimes I post clips and they'll get picked up by someone. Like there's a, like, let's say for instance, uh, it's easy. Like BBC, right? They have like if they're doing a project, they have tons of researchers who are out there researching and looking for footage that they can use in the film. And so a lot of times they're like scouring YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, whatever they're looking through, and they'll reach out. They'll email you. Reach out mm -hmm. that way. I don't mm -hmm. have any like website that says like sock footage, which you. Sh I'm just not as organized as that. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Where like some people are very organized, right, and they have like their whole stock, all their stock you know, photos or videos for sale. I just don't have it on my website like that. Um, but because I've sold footage, I've been fortunate enough to sell footage to some of these companies. I've saved some contacts. And so like, let's mm -hmm. say I get something really epic, um, like I did this spring and I'll create like a little YouTube video that's unlisted and I'll put all those clips in it like hoping that maybe it could tell a story or they could use it. And I'll say, Hey, I have this. I don't know if it works with anything you guys are working on currently. Cause maybe they're not working on a whale sequence right now. They're working on, you know, yeah. Bobcats or whatever. So I'll, I'll, I'll like send out emails like that. If I do get something that seems kind of rare or unique or could potentially be used. Mm -hmm. um, so I do it that way too. Very cool. do, you, do people, you know, licensing videos, are they throwing that kind of stuff up and building a library on their own website? Or are they going through third party? A lot of my friends that are in this, that are in the like natural history space, they seem to more so get hired to go film and they don't own the right. footage where I don't do that. I've never been hired to go film for, you know, BBC or Netflix or any of these companies. I've never, I've always just, freelance, right? I've always, yeah, yeah, I've always, I went the route of like trying to build my own brand because I kind of, I, maybe I was a little selfish and I was like, I want, I want to own my footage. I don't, you know, I want to be able to post it and share it and at the time. Right. Yeah. And so I was just always like, I want to post it. And so I posted it. So something like you post it and they see it and they're like, wow, can you take that down? We'll pay you double or whatever. Like we'll pay you. Cause sometimes it'll be like that. They'll say, we'll buy it from you exclusively. Mm. Um, and now they'll try to buy it from you and you don't own it anymore. That's a possibility as well. That, um, that happens more often than not. Right. If somebody sees a I clip on your, I haven't sold anything. I personally haven't sold anything exclusively. But that's probably because when I did sell a lot, like I sold a lot of drone footage in the beginning, maybe like five years ago, I've sold less over the years. I resell the same clips a lot actually. Um, but because they're not exclusive anymore, they've all been seen. It, you know, I haven't, I haven't had anything like that rare. So right. um, yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's coming. Yeah. 
<laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Give you some money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out there in December, so it'll be when I show up. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, December is when we had offshore killer whales one of the years. Um, and offshore killer whales is one of the things I filmed where they ate a shark. So, like, That's so crazy. Yeah. Well, we we'll get into whales that. at the end. We'll get into whales <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, end go. because you'll go. I, man, I, Aaron, this guy talk can talk about whales for <laughs> so long, and it's so interesting. Like I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not bashing it. It's so friggin' interesting. But so you mentioned uh, a lot of people, and, and I'm sure I, I realize this isn't applicable to a ton of people. Hopefully, like one day, or maybe it's something cool to work towards is licensing your footage to BBC. But. I did find it interesting when you were telling me and you just mentioned like a lot of the people who, uh, you know, get hired by these production companies as freelances. And the way that goes down was so interesting to me. Uh, I was wondering if you can elaborate like on how that process works in terms of like handing over memory cards and such. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is from what I've heard is they basically go film and then like upload they upload nightly and they'll like organize for them and leave it and then that's it they go home they get their money <laughs> and then, card the next day and then i feel like six months later like all my friends that live around here are all posting right now they're all saying hey go watch my sequence on our planet three or whatever is about to come out and they're you know which is so crazy in that they don't have it on their drive like aaron how would you feel you just filmed the most incredible beautiful <laughs> I, I footage of a rare instance you hand over your memory card and then you get it back empty but you get a paycheck. Yeah, but like, here's the yeah. thing. Okay, I and I, I don't know. This could be wrong, but let's say this: if I film a blue whale eating a turkey, right, and it's worth, <laughs> it's worth like, let's say it's worth five hundred dollars a second, and it's like a minute long or whatever it is, right, or it's more. It could be more than that. It just depends. Like, depends on what you, how the rarity of the what you filmed. Okay. And you and now you sell this, and you didn't have to. Like, and you could sell it exclusive, non-exclusive, you sell it with non-exclusive, but you can't post it for two years until after, or you can't post it till after the film comes out. There's like different, you know, contracts, right? Okay. Or, and then you make, let's say you make a hundred, you make a hundred thousand dollars from that video that you were so lucky to film, or you can get paid for a 20 day shoot, a day rate of $750 a day or whatever it is. I don't know people's day rates. I don't know what's better. A consistent living of going to film and not owning the footage and like paying your bills or hoping you get something rare. Yeah, it's it's like playing the lotto versus yeah. giant Pokemon game. Yeah. yeah. Having having a job. Yeah. Consistent job. So that, that is a this is a quandary. Uh I don't know. I, I think if I mentally was aware of the situation and like, Hey, I'm, I'm going out day after day and I might see something cool. I might not, but I'm getting paid to do this and give it to them. I think I could wrap my head around that. Yeah. Like, wow. I'm making a living doing the thing. So that you'd I be like. okay. Just like having it gone and taking the nice paycheck. I mean, of course we would, but <laughs> would it eat at you? <laughs> you're like 80 years old. You're like, I regret giving them that. <laughs> you that share it. You know, you can't get the yeah. clout, man. You know what you do? You eat one of those cameras with the two SD cards and you just do the backup the whole time. So you can just play with it at your house and show your wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, this could have been mine. <laughs> yeah. You pocket, you pocket one. So you have it. And maybe you come out with like this swan song video in your, in your late seventies, eighties that just shows all the, the hidden footage. But then, then you yeah, can look at it like, sue me. <laughs> but then you can look at it like, Hey, David Attenborough narrated my cliff, which like, I've never had that happen. That'd be insane. Right. But that'd feel really cool. Um, yeah. Cause you so, you could have that clip and be and like, then, and your name's in the, the credits. I mean, mm -hmm. you, and then maybe you get more work from that. So it, it probably would be more beneficial to 
give up the footage and just be the cameraman. Yeah, I guess we'll find out through your life. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned uh, licensing footage by the second. I didn't even know that was a thing until you know you and I chatted. By the second, how does that work? Like, how do you even price that out? Um, you give the whole clip, right? You, you charge for the whole clip despite no so matter how much they want of it. Yeah. So no, you don't. No, like, like let's like I just sold three. I just sold three clips to um, this production company, and I sent them like all the footage from that day because I don't know what they're building a sequence. I don't know what clips they might want. Like, like they, maybe they just wanted to the, say it's a whale breaching. They just want the breach, but maybe they want to see that whale fluke up first, right? So they might want more to that story. So I sent them three clips, but then like out of the three clips, they're like, okay, we used from two seconds in to eight seconds in in one of them, and then from like one second to four seconds and then five seconds to nine so like they might chunk it up and they'll just pay you for the amount of seconds they use and the rest of the clip kind of goes to waste um for however if there's a con like depending on the contract it, right there might not it might just be non-exclusive and they get to use it for that film and that's it and then you're still fine to sell it or whatever yeah it just got my wheels turning when i got back home even on you know non-wildlife stuff just commercial shoots i think myself included up until this point, it was like, if I'm charging, I'm charging for a finished reel or I'm charging for my time or I'm charging for a package of photos. I actually offered somebody as a line item, 60 seconds of 4k footage. Yeah. I thought that was an, that, like, that's a very interesting way we could potentially go commercially, like people listening, offering, and you, you could bury like five, six clips from your shoot in that one minute. And charge by the second, essentially, which I thought was kind yes. of neat. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I get what you're saying. And I don't know if it would work any other way than like selling st as like a stock or like, you know what I mean? Or licensing the footage um, because it's like a contract kind of thing. I don't know. All I know is that when I first started licensing footage, I was a ding dong. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, a hundred bucks, like 50 bucks a second or whatever. And I'd make like $350. And then my friends are like, dude, you could have charged like 500 a second for that. Like now, cause I was like, I, you would Google, I would Google things and it's like, okay, well it's 4k and it's, you know, how much a second is like, okay, well if it's a 4k clip, it should be a hundred dollars a second or like they just, whatever Google was saying, you know, and I just believed it. And then I didn't realize that like, there's a rarity to things. It didn't matter. You know, you could set your own price. Right. So Circumstance matters. Yeah. I definitely sold a lot of things for like very, uh, that rule definitely applies to more mundane things. I mean, you could, let's, I don't know, let's use an example, like taking a new electric scooter out. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll guarantee you 60 seconds of footage that includes this, 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 and this, and this is how much it will cost. Mm -hmm. But the thing yeah. is with that is like, if you're, if you're working with a brand, it's more about a deliverable than it is like the, they don't yeah. care about the footage. Like more so you're going to be like, all right, we're leaving you with all this raw footage and we're going to make you six reels to, you know story post and this or like you know what i mean yeah. you would you could I, I think that if you started doing it by the second you would lose everybody like that just yeah. think so yeah yeah because what are you gonna say yeah, like, i think so it's now a twenty thousand dollar 60 second reel it's just no 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 no, no. i'm saying like here's raw footage here's a minute's worth of raw footage and within it there's five or six clips buried and you can do with it what you like oh for a price does that make yeah, more I sense think, do they want to deal with raw footage nobody wants to deal with that well, then if anything, people can see, oh shit, like <laughs> video editing's actually hard. 
It's all hard. <laughs> Maybe we should pay creators yeah. properly. I think it depends on the, the client. Like for an Airbnb, that works really nicely. They, right. I'm saying it's applicable and it's got to be. I'm just saying I, I, I've done that before where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to sit and edit two reels. Oh. I could sit and edit 20 reels out of all the footage I got, but yeah. uh, you're not paying me for that. So yeah. I'll do my two reels for a price and I will give you the rest of the footage because what do I need a, a house video for? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. need it. Like he, uh, here, I color graded it. I profiled it, all that stuff. Here you go. Here's a minute of clip to clip to clip to clip. Now you chop it where you want. You can right. chop it one at a time. You can make a reel. You can put a couple together, like whatever it is you want to do as the season goes on. Go ahead. Or you can call me back and have me edit it if you don't have the time, but that's going to cost way more. This is th- this is efficient for you. This is this is a this is a savings and will give you a lot more content. I think that's where so, my brain was trying to get to. Yeah. Thank you for, okay. for, for bringing to, it home. To Slater's <laughs> point and the electric scooter, for example, you go with like, here's a narrative. These are the environments we want to show the scooter in the, you know, the college, in the woods, the, the, we're going to get those three scenes. Uh, we want to have these three people riding them. Uh, we're coming to you with a narrative. We're not just going to throw yeah. all the, all the footage because they don't want that. They want the story. And it's going to be 30 seconds to 40 seconds. That's what you're asking for, for your YouTube commercial, whatever. Understood. And I think I'm getting it. And then billing based on that duration. Yeah. And so possibly it's just a thought guys, just a thought when you film the Airbnb. (laughs) So it's different than what, like you're doing Airbnb and you're making, you're making like marketing material. Well, I guess same Mm -hmm. thing I'd be doing for the real estate and are you're leaving them with the raw footage. Uh, not, I, I color great. I want to edit it. So it pieces to my eye. Yeah. So like color grading, editing the footage. I'm what I'm not doing is like putting it could go from a scan of a room to a drone shot to a car coming down the driveway. Like it could be lifestyle to this, to that, to that. There's no there's no narrative to it. Mm. It's just like, oh, this is these are smooth clips. These are good clips. Take them. I edited. I color graded them for you. And that's as far as I'm going. I think we did that with Clapper Hollow. Probably. You I started I. doing that a little while ago. Yeah. And I then it, fr- like from those clips, then I'll be like, okay, what's my narrative? Um, I want to show my, my, my forerunner coming through the Adirondacks, then a, a clip of a drone pulling into the driveway, me taking my bags out of the car, walking in, starting a pot of coffee. I'm making a narrative. I'm thinking about it. I'm creating a 15 second sort of story. That's right. a different, that's a different ball game. Right. Yeah. So you guys do, do you, you guys both do a lot of commercial stuff, right? Yeah. And Aaron's been doing a lot of properties, Airbnbs, like kind of kind of cabin getaways um, and really yeah. doing a good job. I need to figure out how to do that this way. Yeah. Basically I've been reaching out to real estate agents locally and making and offering them videos because I'm trying to get into that market here. Are you, are you starting out? doing free work to build yeah, a portfolio. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 I like this guy just this guy uh David I just did had a beautiful house in Carmel and I said hey he already had a video and I said can we just we need we need to get something on our website Jason and I so that we could pitch That's other your business people. partner yeah it's just yeah it's just my partner we're doing some local right, yeah. stuff yeah and so I was like dude we need to get some stuff on our website so we reached out to like a couple of real estate agents and the guy was more than happy to let us come and film and he's like what do I get out of it and I was like well we'll make you the video and he come to find out he was super pumped on us because we did it and then I said hey we'd like to come back at like a different 
lighting out. Like we want to come back for sunset and see how this house lights up because it's on the water and like at sunset, it's just the whole house is going to glow. The only problem was, was with this first house is the house was like from the 70s and the TVs were square with antennas on them and like the blankets were quilted. So we couldn't show much of the house. He was just more about showing the windows and like the view was incredible. The house was beautiful. It was just outdated. Um, but anyways, yeah, we did it and he was coming to find out he was really pumped on us because he's like, wait, you guys are local. You live in Monterey. It's just a five minute drive over here. This um real estate firm hires out of the Bay area, which means these people have to drive like these photographers, whoever they send down here has to drive like two, basically two hours to come down here. And then when they get here, we have fog or it's overcast and they're trying to do like outdoor, you know, drone shots and, you know, show the backyard or the property. And then now it's like, looks like it's raining. And that's a problem we have in Monterey here. It's like, it's foggy mm-hmm. and overcast like 90% of the time. So, these guys will like get charged. Like the real estate agents will get charged. Like, well, sorry, we came and you know, right. it's, not our, it's not our fault. The weather, you know, by the time we got down there, it sucks. So what's cool is if we can tap into this local market, now we can be like, Hey, I can, I'm going to be off the boat and it looks like it's, it's windy. So I know it's going to be sunny and I know we're going to have a sunset. I can come over there and like, you know, finish off this house and like get it done for right. you. So now you have a competitive advantage and you can undercut yeah. a problem that they've been having. That's really <laughs> yeah. smart. Except for yeah, we look at this uh, company they use, and this is pretty incredible what they offer, actually. They will do a full video, and they try to add things like, okay, you, if you want your own, it's like, whatever, 50 bucks. Like, they add all these different little uh, things versus, like, just handheld drone, indoor, sunset. Like, they try to do this package deal, but they also offer, like, 2D floor plan, a Matterport 3D walkthrough. Uh, they build you a website with your like the street address. I was like, how am I going to compete with this company that literally does like a full package? Like it's not just like photos in a video. It's like website, 2D print. Like, you know, they have like a, so what it sounds like is they probably send a video and photo person to like all these houses all over the whole entire like Bay area to down here to Monterey County. And then they have people that like edit and do website. Like they have a full team. Yeah, it's a team. It's also to the point though, that it's in this example, we talk about this point a lot is getting out of the mindset of we're just photographers. We're just videographers. Like we got to be doing more stuff and and integrating it into one overarching business. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it it, it can't just be one thing. We got to leverage lots of different skills and interests. No. And that's why, like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Even now, after I've been doing wildlife for the last 10 years is now I'm just spending this winter trying to do like restaurants and real estate stuff Mm -hmm. because wildlife is very wild. (laughs) It's just random. It's it's not like super consistent. And besides my whale watching business, which is also was slow this summer. So I said, wow, I'm, gonna have to figure out some stuff for the winter so i've been offering free real estate and like you know videos of restaurants to get a little portfolio going for that yeah and then like it takes some pressure off some other stuff and you get a bunch of different buckets pouring into one bucket i think that's like a really smart and necessary way to go i mean did you listen to have you got a chance to listen to the episode with jad yet no i haven't and i want to i'll listen to it tonight because i really want to listen to it he like aaron didn't he talk about at one point when we asked him we were asking about offering some pieces of advice and one of them was don't think that like people who are out shooting for national geographic are making money doing it or like it's their full time thing. He says, often that's just people with a credit card. 
you know, and it gives the impression that like that's- that was the first thing he said to me while we were at lunch when we first met him. He was like, I don't know why it wasn't the first thing he said, but it was like in the first conversations. He was like, right. some people just are getting places, you know? Right. I mean, you just put your credit card number in and I mean, that's great for those people, but I feel like you go to that person's social media page and you see a reel every single day of Africa, Antarctica, you know, and you're like, wow, this person's like made it. Right. Yeah. They're they're sponsored made, by Sony. That's all they do. But it's like, you don't know that their trust fund is 250 mil. Maybe like I, I, that's a rational, <laughs> like, I mean, that's a extreme example, but I think his point was just like, find a lot of different things you're good at and that you enjoy doing and that you can monetize. And then you can have a nice, well-rounded portfolio and career and kind of backtrack and dive more deeply into things that are more lucrative at different times, et cetera. Wasn't that kind of what he said, Aaron? Am I missing anything? Go back and listen yeah. if you, if you, if you and I, want to I refresh. I think being well-rounded. So what I've learned in the last two weeks of filming in restaurants and especially filming the real estates because they're like on the coast here, is tying in nature. So when we filmed this house, we tied in like sh- like window shots of the of the beach. You can see the beach from the windows, but then we did extra shots of like the pelicans going by or like the waves crashing. And oh, like yeah. so now we're adding Smart. our like wildlife natural history side to the real estate side. And then mm-hmm. I've also learned just different things about I don't know using a gimbal, which could help me because I've been playing with walking around the houses. It might help me for being on the boat for whales. I don't know. It's just, I feel like the more you round, like round yourself with different types of video or photo work, like I I never shot people, like people to me, it seems so hard, but like (laughs) I can do it now. But I mean, I I guess, like, I don't know if I'm good at it, but I like, I can shoot whales. I know that, but I don't know if I like taking a, like you were really interested in taking portraits of people. And I was like, man, I I feel like I'd probably take a bad shot. Like, you know, my favorite thing is one of my favorite things ever when you take a picture of somebody and they look at the camera and go, oh, that's sick. And you send it to me. And then two weeks later, it's their Instagram profile pic. Wait, <laughs> like no. this man right here, this man Slater. <laughs> I just did. I just changed mine. Right. I know. No, I shot it took that me you. forever. I yeah. like, I, I finally went through and then I was like, man, I'm oh, it's the go. greatest feeling. It's the greatest feeling. It's I, just oh, like did when I someone else enjoys the photo you took of them. I don't know. Do you feel, Aaron, do you feel that? Oh man, I'm not, my photos aren't going to top the one you have on your profile. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up. But, uh, <laughs> did Seth yeah. do yours, Aaron? Uh, no. Wow, did you guys do his own? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think Mike did from um, did the he? trip. Yeah, on that that specific one. I was We're on the, the edge at um, uh, the Fox Lake. Oh, Pedo. Pedo, Pedo. Thank you, you. change your profile picture a lot, though. That's Which is really kind of it's not true. No. I think it's true. Let me see. Cool. Uh, in uh, in four years, I've done it three times. Okay, who's counting? Yeah. Definitely different. <laughs> Definitely different well, than the last time I looked. <laughs> yeah, because I did the the Zion retreat. I had a photo right? from there, and then I switched it from the um, the Canada retreat. Okay, I think That's it's smart it. to change it like every once in a while. I have a winter one, and I have a, a summer one because like people's memories, like, oh, what's that? I don't notice that. I've never seen that icon before. I don't know. Yeah, Tanky, gimmicky. I'm gonna get you. Uh, I'm gonna get you one with a whale in the background. Please do. <laughs> I will. Do. I'm going out there December. Or you can do a days. selfie with one. Hopefully. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It could be really, really basic. I think we wrote a blog post on what you were saying about when you try different genres of photography, you find techniques and little nuanced 
things that you can use in the other genres that you're used to shooting in. I'm pretty sure we did. And it's so true. And I'm not, this is rhetorical, but it just made me think that. Go check that out, actually. We'll put the link to that in the episode description to that blog article. I'm pretty positive we were Also, like, think about it. You go somewhere and you're filming whales or whatever, bears or turkeys, and then you're staying at a lodge. And then now you have the skill set because you've done Airbnbs to film their lodge. And then now it's like, I don't know. Or right. or you have a skill set to take a port, beautiful portrait of someone and, and now they all have you know crew bi- or worker bios like our photos mm-hmm. for their right. work, you know their website yeah. or Yeah, I mean um, imagine going to the Rocky Mountains and you're a wildlife photographer and you have Airbnb experience and you can get a you know we sort of did this with Takara. We took photos of the property, but then when we, in our delivery folder we included photos of grizzly bears and photos of elk and like you could take that even further. We took some Photos of the food. You could take some photos of the staff and like you can leverage so many different genres for a nice package mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm a wildlife photographer. I only yeah. do Airbnb. Like it's yeah, so man. useful to find genres that complement each other. Yeah, man. And it's more diverse for the client. If you can say, you know, how many pictures of your place, of your kitchen do you really need? And they're not going right. to want to pay for that continuously. So if you can come to them and say, I will take pictures of your place, people enjoying your place, and things that are around your place. I mean, that just opens up a lot more opportunities for them to be like, oh, wow, I can market a lot more things. Uh, an awesome hike down the street, uh, the wildlife that's around in the yard, people utilizing that awesome piece of furniture that we created. Like, the, I mean, it, it just opens up a whole new narrative. Yeah, I love that a lot. Um, one thing I didn't know about when we were out filming. I'm going to sound maybe like a complete rookie, but there will also be people who be like, huh, I didn't know that either. Native ISO. For log. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. that about? Seth quizzed me, by the it way. Makes me and so I, mad. I pretty well. It makes me so mad. I like truly just don't understand. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I'm still learning too. Like, I don't I get that. really yeah. understand the science of cameras. And like, here's the thing. If my camera's at ISO 800 as the native ISO, right? Why do I have to, ju- I don't know. It just makes no sense to me. Why is there noise or why is there not shadows? Like, I just don't get any of it. Like the, cause why can I be, why can I be in standard profile and then just film at 100 ISO and it looks amazing. There's no, there's no noise or there's, you know, or 800 ISO and there's no noise, but at, and I understand it. It's, it's so that you can have that dynamic range, right? So you can pull those shadows and pull those highlights down right. and get that, um, you know, and see everything. So I don't know, but I just truly think it's such a joke that when you're in log, you can have all this noise or, but then if you're not and you're in standard profile, like the compression that the Canon or the camera does on its own is like perfect. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're out in like midday light and he's like, oh yeah, you got to be filming at 800. I'm like, what? It's so no, bright. For, I want to be yeah, at <laughs> 400. Well, yeah, no, for C-Log, you're yeah. in C- you were in C-Log 3, so yeah, 800. Yeah. 800. I'm like, what? It's so bright. I should be in 100 right now. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And so that's where the NDs come in, right? And then yeah. it's like, how are you going to be adjusting NDs when you're turning left to right? Like, So like, you can have the polarizer on, but you're not going to be able to like, if the wolf is running from the sunset to, you know, to, you know, now it's like, it's going from backlit to not. How are you going to be like, you could have a variable ND, but are you going to be reaching out from your camera? And, I right. mean, either so way, you, you see something you can flip. just flip through and adjust. Yeah, I can just hit like throw a, you know a two stop ND on or whatever. But obviously, you would stop the clip and start recording again. You're not gonna like mm-hmm. do it while you're recording. But you know what I mean. It's just nice that you can stop and just press one button or like move it down or just mm-hmm. move it. and then that way you do have room to bump your aperture a little bit if you need to. Yeah, I had no idea about this. And yes, I was quizzing Aaron. 
I was like, we should have Slater on. I learned so goddamn much. And he was like, <laughs> like what? Give me some examples. <laughs> yeah, I learned stuff, man, from you guys, yeah. from you. Tons of stuff. I still oh, not, I'm not putting but, any of it in place yet, and I need to. I need to execute. <laughs> and it's just good to know because it's like a different photography world. It's different than photography. And you go into it if that's your first love or passion. And and it took me running into a YouTube video that was like 800 is the way to be. And in the Sony, that's the one. And 3200 if you need it more, uh, if you need more light. Like, yeah. you need like the two ISOs for Sony, the camera in S Log. And I was like, what? Okay. Okay. Yeah, then like in Sony, you're at 800 and you're supposed to like double your ISO every time, I guess, right? And mm -hmm. so then at 3200, it completely cleans up again. Explain yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so at 2500 ISO, there's noise, nope. but you go back yeah. to 3200, clean slate. Like, yeah, yeah, so it is very the science behind very all of it. Weird. And the other thing is like filming on the C70 and RAW, my white balance and my um, ISO, I can adjust all of that after. So I can film at 800 ISO, but when I get home, I could bump it to 1600 and I can change the, the white balance in post. I can change the exposure. I can change everything in post, which is crazy. Cause it's like, then why can't I just change everything to be perfect in post? Yeah. Like if it's just metadata and numbers and zeros and whatever it is. Why can't hey, hey camera, why don't you do what you're supposed to do? Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But then that's like the whole creativity, right? Like maybe you're filming a scary, like maybe you're filming something that needs, you want noise or it's supposed to look, you know, moody or scary or whatever it is. And you want to add that, you want to have that look or that, or you want to have that extra motion blur and you want to control your shutter angle or shutter speed so that there's way more motion. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, that's the point of it, right? Is that we have con full control over it. I have, a, I do have a, a technical question because I've heard different things. So if you're filming at 60 frames per second, ISOs over, or um, shutters like one over tw 125, give mm -hmm. it to 120, you're right, you double the shutter. Is that the bottom line? Can you be over like one over 300, one over 400? Yeah, just, can you you can, can you just crank your shutter so you can like expose properly? Yes. Yeah, we got yeah, into this. You technically like, can, but so the problem with that is that there's you're that losing motion that blur. motion blur. Yeah. So but the yeah, per, like, the perfect motion blur connection is the double. Exactly. Is it is it, and like so in a cinema camera it's a, it's 180 degrees is uh -huh. what it is. Um but yeah, degrees. so it's double the frame rate and the shutter speed. Um, so so the same thing would like, happen if as if if you dropped like 120 frames down to 30 you'd lose the mo natural motion if you shot like mm -hmm. you're doing 60 frames per second at 1 over 4000 everything would just be so smooth It'd so be no here's blur. the thing what are you filming for is it for a movie or is it for your right. instagram reel like um Maddie Hap you know who Maddie Apoya is yeah yeah mm -hmm. so that guy he's a youtuber right and he literally was saying in one it was a long time ago, but I remember him saying he's like, I just I just crank my shutter because he's like, it's it's not like it's gonna be. He's not selling the footage of him talking. He's not worried about it. It's just you know vlog YouTube. Right? Or, it's a vlog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I can understand like compromising things. You mm -hmm. know, it doesn't have to be perfect always, and it should and probably should. I don't. It doesn't. It just doesn't need to be perfect always. I don't think there's time and place for it. I guess that's totally fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. What like if, if you're gonna like you're filming something on the boat and it's a, you're on your wide angle and you're exposed for the whale or the ocean or whatever it is, and then you want to like turn it around and be like, oh my god, like you could just scroll the shutter speed and be like, this was crazy, and then mm -hmm. you know in the clip or something if it was a vlog. Yeah, right. for sure. What kind of direction is your content going? You've been putting out those cool uh, like studio styled 
I like them. You, I want spying. to do more of those. Those actually got me some of the happiest feedback I've got, like I've received in a while. Like people message me, be like, "Wow, I really hope you keep these." Uh, the yeah, series you can going. see your face. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think there's something really important about putting your face. Yes, that's something I've been very bad at. It's that here's an animal, here's another animal, here's a waterfall, and it gets to a point where it's like, well, who's filming this? Yeah, and and on top of that, it's like, oh, oceansbestnature.com is like, you know, whatever these all these curator accounts on Instagram, you know, like I love bears is shared yours and Aaron's video, and it's who who's taking these videos anymore? It's just like mm-hmm. they nobody knows. They're just they're getting reshared by so many people. That's that a it, good point. It doesn't. Now and so that's like that became a problem with a lot of wildlife people I know that just share without their face were getting demonetized a bunch because they didn't know they're like well this isn't original content because they don't know whose it is by the time it's been reshared by ten curator accounts yeah right yeah so I you guys will find this but I have this uh, wolf howling clip this reel that must have been picked up by different wolf accounts I, I'm gonna say close to five hundred times like yeah, at this yeah. point. It's every day that a, a wolf account will post this reel and they'll spell my name wrong. Like I have friends that will see it and correct it. Like it's it's just a mess at this point. And you're not getting anything, are you, out of it? No, absolutely not. Like no, that sucks. that reel's been seen probably four hundred million times. <laughs> like it's it's insane. And I it's just like a funny thing. But that's interesting, like attaching your face and your signature to this important piece of documents kind of like you know it's fingerprinting it i made a youtube video a long time ago like how to grow on instagram um this is like six years ago or seven years maybe seven years ago and it was very like be consistent post every day use you know whatever five to ten niche hashtags and reach out to those kind of accounts and see what you could trade with them hey can i make you like a story or like do all these things and now that stuff doesn't really matter anymore. Now I would say like, be consistent, but make sure you're using yourself and then show you. Now it's like, you have to build a brand. Like you can't just show your good work anymore. Now it has to be, yeah. a, now a personality like has to atta- be attached to your brand. And I'm starting to understand that. Maybe a little bit yeah. late in the game, but- Me too, so I, late. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at some of my insights on the reels I posted and like, you can see- okay, what are the common denominators across, you know, the top performers? And for me, every time I was in a short form video, it did well. You just got to take your shirt off, dude, and flex. (laughs) Red bikini. Dude, you just got to flex? Like, like, be like, oh, I'm sorry, I was grabbing my camera, flex. And then she'd be like, here's the shot I got. Uh, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Uh, but, But in all seriousness, like those ones do way better than just like, here's a bear. You know, like there's a million people who will show you here's a bear and that's great. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I, don't, I was going to, I think I teased it in the last episode or two before, and then we got, we got sidetracked, but I think the key to growth now is you have to be, you have to be extremely entertaining as a person, either like through humor or acting skills or sports skills. Those things go crazy. I think you have to give information and or like education. People have to walk away with like, I got something from that. I don't think good content's good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. To you have to pro, providing so value is like if you if, think about the content you get put in front of you now. At least me, 
a million tutorials, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you, here's your Instagram. I, I don't know how many times I've learned how to post or export properly out of Lightroom or Premiere <laughs> or DaVinci, you know, proper export settings for yeah. video and photos, right? Like, you know, it's this, and it's like every photographer has now done that one post. Yeah, providing value is huge. But I don't think like, I think people might not be like, I, maybe I don't want to talk on camera. I think you can do those things where it's like, you just put the text or a voiceover yeah. mm-hmm. and you can still show yourself lifting your camera up, you know, put it in 120, show your slow motion <laughs> self lifting your camera and then put like, today I shot this wolf. Here's the shot. Like, I think you could show yourself without having to be like, what's up everybody? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Smash check that out. like button. Smash yeah, that check button. my Rolex out and oh, here's my new Sony or like whatever it is. <laughs> like, I don't think you have to be like, not everybody's, you know. I use Artlist for all my sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I no, can't. I, I can't I, do it. I feel you though. I feel you though for and sure. I think, and I think it would be fake for me to do that now. Like, what's up, everybody? Like, like I don't know. I, I, it what's would, up, everybody? Like, what? All of a sudden, I've I've built, I've been posting for ten years, and all of a sudden, I'm just like an actor. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, hey no, guys. But, but those those uh, I like those ones where it's like it shows your clips and then it shows you narrating what happened. It's like honest. I think that's really cool, and I think everyone who wants to incorporate themselves in their content can find a way that's genuine to them. Right. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I mean, to Aaron's point, you know, people are almost like they're actors or not even actors, but just like being very good at talking on camera, being very good linguistically. Like Jad. <laughs> it goes back to that point of like be more than just a photographer. Yeah. Let's just be be more. Be more than that. And that's what I'm trying to do. Like, what is my what is my more? Okay, yeah. this is the podcast. There's it's Slater more. Slater more. <laughs> you feel like oh, video at, worse, dude. So, do you feel like video has started i'm just ignoring that you use my last name <laughs> so do you feel like That's video because for video it really i have lots of shots of whales right but getting video of those same shots has kind of re-inspired me it's like a whole new thing i have to recapture do you feel like are you guys into video or are you still trying to stay away from it because no. i feel like the last time we no. talked you guys weren't really into video no right? no way and now like i'm thinking video first before i take a picture 100%. and now you're like is it photographer mindset or is it like I was just cinematographer that. I was like, mindset? I was like, oh no, we put ourselves Creator's in a mindset. box. We put ourselves in a nah, box. Nah, dude, it's just cameras. I mean, it's like it, everything is so hybrid now. Like you're saying, there's and cameras are so damn good at taking photos too yeah. that you could, you know, if you could take video, you can crank your shutter and take some photos. Yeah. Yeah, for now, sure. Now, lighting is a whole other story. <sighs> Learning to light photos or video, like, that's incredible. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's a whole different brain really is, is video, how much you have to think ahead, how much you have to plan, how much are you making a narrative? Are you just trying to capture clips? Like what's the, what's the situation, how much work it is. Do you, you guys both probably are like, that'd be a funny reel or that'd be a good idea. And then you're like, wow, yeah. <laughs> to actually pull this off, um, it's going to take some time. And maybe if I if I get motivated one day, like I'll go do some of these funny things or entertaining things, but like it takes a lot. Like if I just you did really a- loved comedy, you'd be like set up in a second. If you, you know? Sure, sure, sure. But if you loved comedy, do you really love video editing? Like, because then not. you have to- But then the together. money from your other business goes towards hiring a video editor. And then maybe yeah. you grow traction and then you get brand deals and you get that money back. I guess like, I feel like included in the title of this episode is going to be becoming a hybrid creator. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and like to your point, I can take photos and videos at a decent level, right? I'll say. Right. But I cannot pitch people like you seem like after talking to you, it seemed like, wow, I'm an idiot. And I, I'm leaving a lot of money on the table if I was, you know, reaching out to these companies more properly or like, I don't know the best way to pitch them or, right. you know, what should the deliverables be? And, and you seem to have been like, you, like you said, you're like, I don't have as many followers as you and you're getting 10 times the brand deals I've ever, I've never even gotten a brand deal actually. Right. So how about that? <laughs> Still haven't gotten one. So. Right. And you this, know, and, and you know, how you, I guess. Well, you strengths know, and weaknesses, started, right? Like you, yeah. you've grown your account to 350,000, almost a million on YouTube. Like that's incredible. And this is, you know, this is what makes the world go around. And this is what, this is why business partners exist. And this is, you know, this is why teams exist. Cause you, you round out the team and you learn from one another and you lift each other up through community, through podcasts, through comments on posts. I mean, I think that's the whole point for people who are genuinely interested in growing together. So cool. We live in, we live in a saturated time, but it's, cool time to collaborate and help each other too. Well, I mean, like there's so much bad going on in the world. I get it. And it's like, this is, I think this is the craziest time in history. Just, I think every, I think tomorrow, the next day is always the craziest time in history, but in both a negative sense and in, in a quite remarkable sense. Yeah. You know, the fact we're having this conversation right now, that's going to maybe inspire some people on Friday to change or do something different that makes their life better or to, you know, it's just, it's, it's so it's so cool. And the opportunities are, are endless, really. If you can collaborate and learn from people who are good for you and who are going to help you become a better person. And I know this is a bit of a tangent, but like, I think it's really important to seek those people out and to really cut the people who don't do that for you, which is hard to do. But like, otherwise, what are you doing? Same thing. You'll be doing the same thing in 10 years. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm, Maybe that's harsh, but like I'm very much concerned with surrounding myself with not people who I can get things from, but like people who I can learn from and people who are interested in progression and like getting better and having fun doing or motivated stuff. too is a tough one. Like, or who, who can execute is another tough one. Right. Even, even myself, I, I, I struggle with ex I have a million ideas, but executing is a, is pretty hard for me. And then so. There, so there may be somebody right who like doesn't have nearly the amount of creative ideas that you do, but knows how to take it to the finish line. Or knows how to edit. Like, yeah, I can edit videos to a very small degree, but there's people that are can probably crank, you know, a lot. They can crank way more videos out than I can, and they're good at editing videos, or they're good at telling a story, and or like putting it. that story right. together, and they enjoy it. Or or cutting music, or cutting cutting uh, adding, uh, you know, dubbing in sounds or sound effects. Right. Like there's, right. like I have so much footage on my hard drives. It gives me anxiety to think about just thinking about our wolf, our, our wolf days, right? We have 15 days of wolf footage. And I like finally looked at one day and like, right. and like putting that sequence together and Parents then murder you. I'm just shaking my head. Fine. We'll talk about whales. <laughs> Look at all my whale video. But like, I, I kind of wish <laughs> I could hire a video editor that would yeah. make these little sequences for me because there's probably someone I could do it easier. But right. I also probably can't afford one right now. So Right, and then you free up time. I think freeing up time <laughs> yeah. has been a constant theme too. Aaron, what do you think of all this? Minus the wolf part. You're pondering. I just blacked out at wolf. <laughs> 15 days of wolf footage. <laughs> it was okay, like, guys. technically it was only six days of wolf footage. I lied. I exaggerated. <laughs> oh, but we were in the wolf fair. zone for all 15 right, that's days. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> 15, I was actually was like, there longer, dude. He got to ride a tractor. <laughs> yeah, and drove a nice Kubota tractor and moved some yeah. firewood around after Slater left. It was awesome. 
to be honest, 15 days, I was like, that's a lot of days with wolves. No, it was, it was, I think we had six days or or five or six. That's better. Uh, what do I think about all this? I I mean, it's, it's great. I think there's people that want to grow in all aspects, right? Like their mindset, their health, their fitness, their, uh, creative field. And there's people that get either stuck or are happy with where they are and maybe are okay with living like a simpler, easier life. And and that's fine too. But I don't think those people necessarily always jive, like that's trying to, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think learning from people, learning little tips, pushing yourself, it, it's easy. It's easy to get stuck in the way that you edit and like, all right, this works. This simple sequence works. Like these transitions work. I don't need to be too fancy. I kind of talk about, the uh the photoshop argument which i've noticed since the beginning of photography like there's there's two bands of of photo editors the ones are like "Ah, no nat geo you just do natural you don't touch photoshop like you don't get in there and part of me i always recognized was like yeah that's because photoshop's intimidating like it's scary to go in there at first and learn layers and this and mask what the like it's too much right so it's easy to just be like meh I'm just going to not go there and I'm going to make an opinion about it, why I don't need to go there. That serves the whole thing versus saying like, God, video editing, premiere, after effects, getting into after effects, adding in graphic transitions. Like how the hell do I do this? Looking up YouTube's, pausing on your editing, taking a 30 minute break to figure out how to make a title look a little bit cooler. All that stuff (laughs) that goes on Instagram and then completely flops. And you're like, wow, uh, that was six hours. Yeah, (laughs) For a 15 second clip, but you really wanted to learn a transition that you saw from some other Instagrammer that you're like, wow, how did he make the, you know, dragonfly come out of the whale's mouth he masked it and zoom zoom transition with the you yeah. know but then yeah. it's then it's part of the <laughs> then, yeah, then you do it they have like 250k likes or something yeah. and then you do the same thing but it's like a different genre and they're like no yeah no. <laughs> like, and yeah. that's been a tough thing with like do, trying to do like if you watch like the instagram creator where they do all these video creator where they do these crazy transitions and like fun stuff but you try to do that with wildlife like it's so frowned upon yeah like you can't you know like I don't know, zoom transition through someone's, through the wolf's eye into like a beaver on the water. Like you just can't do that stuff because people are like, Oh, I just want to hear the natural sounds of the animal. I don't want to hear dubstep in the background of your your whale. Like it's it's a tough thing with wildlife versus like creativity too. I think I put like a, I put a uh, trending audio clip on uh, this woodpecker. Remember the woodpecker in in Jasper? video. And it's like, he's like hammering out the yeah. wood chunks and I have like shell casings flying. It's like hard <laughs> hip hop music. And, uh, uh, Micah Dielli, who's like, he commented on, he's like, man, this hype video for this woodpecker goes way too hard. And I was like, you know what? You're uh, right. And I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I've totally done. So, I, I've done, and I've done stuff like that's funny to me and may not work. But sometimes it does work, you know, like. I had this one time an anchovy, um, like one anchovy out of the thousands it swallowed, like flew out of the whale's mouth. And I don't remember what song it was, but it was some Katy Perry song, but it ended up getting taken down. Like they banned the song. So now there's no audio to it. But <laughs> oh, it was man. really funny. That is, that's true too. Like people don't know your true personality necessarily, or like how you put a sentence together or how you might have dry humor or whatever. And, and you think like a song choice is hilarious or a captions hilarious, but they have no clue what your tone is. And they're just like, it just misses the, 
it just misses the mark. But like the close five people in your life are like, Haha. like I, I get, I heard it completely how you said that yeah. in that caption. But everyone else is like, is this guy serious? I guess like, more reason to get on camera. Well, like the other thing is using like drone clips of, uh, sorry, whales. <laughs> I have to say whales. <laughs> no, using drone clips of whales whale. though, like there's no, any flying a drone <laughs> no over audio. anything, there's no audio. And people are like, oh my God, I'm so glad you left that natural, you know, exhale of the whale with the water. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's all fake. I recorded yeah. that with my phone like, or recorded this, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing is, is also depends on the demographic. I think that's watching a video. Like they want the natural, but the young, young people don't care what the heck noise is coming out of the whale. Yeah, you know, as long as it's cool. Listening with sound off. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's my wife's big thing is like (laughs) captions on the videos. She's like, "You need captions." Like, I'm like, "But I don't want to put captions because it takes a whole other thirty minutes to like, you know, transcript it, change. (laughs) Then I got to change the font. Then I got to, you know, adjust it to the middle of the screen. Each word changes color as you say it. Yeah, Yeah, and then that's another thing is if you want to really be like, you know, uh, what is it? you want to really pull draw people's attention and you got to change those those were all that like hype yeah, words well, got to be and you know i think you take a step further sense. and like little whale emojis bounces on top of the words as you're saying it with like yeah you know. nothing makes you look older than like trying to do a trend right like oh cap i need captions now and then yours are just like type font and everyone else is like bum, 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 bum. oh and then and i'm gonna like, use like oh, comic stands Margo's like, what's going on with that font? <laughs> and I was like, I just clicked the first one that came on, on the text. Times New Roman. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know what I'd love to see is for your next videos, it's just you on camera and you're going, ooh. And I you're like, that audio was real. <laughs> no, but it's just, it's subtitles for, for what the whale is actually yeah. saying. <laughs> like, funny. This means this in whale. That, that actually is a good reel of you saying, people have asked how I've gotten natural uh, sound effects with my drones. We all know drones don't have any uh, sound, so this is how I capture it. And then it's a cut to you. It's a clip of me in my bathtub with a snorkel, like yeah. <laughs> blowing water. Recording it. Have like a boom mic into the right above the yeah. tub. <laughs> Here's one of those instances where it's like, oh, it's a great reel. <laughs> it's like, do yeah. you really want to put the time in? I hope you do. That'd be so freaking funny. That'd be so good. But back to what Aaron said about like where you get very uh, comfortable with how you edit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was very comfortable for me to add the wave crashing, the spout, the exhale, right? And then... Mm-hmm. It's in slow motion. I could do the same audio clip. No one ever seemed to notice. And those videos were doing really well. But then everybody, like a lot of people are doing that same style video. And now who's is who's? They all right shot on. on a Canon R5, well, slow motion. And the only difference is, is we use different audio. Like they look so similar. And so. So I guess like including yourself is a guaranteed way to be unique at this point. Yes. And that you ha- you definitely should do it. And I guess I can't remember which one of you said. I mean, good content, I guess, isn't enough anymore. It's got to be good content with personality. Yeah. I, I th- think about a music concert, right? Like if it was just a curtain and everyone was behind the curtain playing and you're you're like hearing it live, you're like, okay, like that's good. They, they did the CD well. They did the album well. You know, but there, how how important is a front man or like someone that or or energy in, right. in a live show? Like it, it is the personality on top of the art. Good example, yeah. right? Like it's just not it's not just yeah, it's a the clothing art. choice. It's the you know the visual graphic, the editing, all mm-hmm. the stuff behind the scenes, and 
Yeah. I actually went and saw the Taylor Swift uh, movie. Of course you did. <laughs> my, uh, one, of the, one of the captains on the water had tickets. And so she's like, you and your wife can come. We went. And from like the video, I, I actually enjoyed watching. Like, dude, the way they filmed, it's really cool. And you don't ever really see the – you don't see other cameramen in the shots because they filmed it over a couple of days in L.A., I guess. Uh, it's just really cool. Like the whole time I was like, whoa, how'd they do that? Like, whoa, whoa, this is amazing. And then I'm like Googling while in the movie because it's like, it doesn't matter what you do in this movie because people are standing up singing around you and dancing. <laughs> like the whole, It's like literally a content in a theater of like 10 to like 20 year olds. And so I'm like Googling, like, what was this shot on? It's like, oh, the Ari Alexa. I'm like, oh, $80,000 camera. Cool. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Though, but even, even again, to our overlying theme, uh, if you're including yourself in videos, I mean, maybe you, maybe you love fashion maybe you love picking your outfit you know now you Steel. can now you can tie in an apparel brand like aaron Steele, or you can support your buddy's company by wearing their hat for their cafe it's just there's so many different ways you can go about being creative i think when you include yourself yeah. and i think a goal of mine is to start including myself in more of the wildlife and landscape stuff that i post do it just because, and, and, and just because it's fun. I think we talked, you asked earlier, Slater, like, are you guys into video now? And it's like, my first thought when I go to capture something is video now. If I can have time to snap some photos, that's awesome. But it's not because I necessarily want to grow. Like, yeah, that'd be great. But it's just more fun. There's like more things you can do. I can pick music. I can do sound design. I can. Yeah. And you can learn transitions. And I can learn. So much, I can that's learn. That's why like. Filming yeah. wildlife, I really want to film a music video because a music video, you can be so creative with that. Yeah. You can do like crazy different like, you know, camera angles and lighting and, and transitions and, you know, like just all sorts of cool stuff that you can't do with natural history. Right. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Video is very, video is very fun and it's very hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, man, it's been awesome talking with you today. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming on your boat this December. Thanks for, thanks for having me on here again. Been waiting for this invite for like two years. It's the first thing you said. <laughs> first thing you said when I, when I touched ground, man, I told you, you going to invite me on your fucking podcast or what? <laughs> <laughs> should have wore your beanie, dude. It's in my, it's oh, in my, it's in yeah, my stock yeah. drawer, though. Yeah, he's a TV yeah. beanie. He didn't even wear it. Rude. It's too hot right now. It's, it was 77 degrees today. That means nothing I don't know. to me. Oh, sorry. It's Let warm. me... Uh, it's like room temp, a little bit above room temp. <laughs> what, um, is what does that even mean? What is Celsius to Fahrenheit? Dang it. It's gotta be like 23. Let's not let's not bore people at the end of the show with Celsius to Fahrenheit conversions. What we're gonna do is we're gonna thank you for your time. Like adults. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> and uh no, for real though, man. I've learned a ton from you, uh, both today and when we were on the field. And I'm looking forward to filming Morgan with you and uh Aaron, I'm looking forward to the next time we uh, we meet up as well, too. Maybe all three of our paths will intermingle at oh, one point. That would be on. glorious. Maybe That'd this winter. Glorious. I want to. I never. I've never shot an animal in the snow, and I feel like both of you live near animals in snow. It just snowed today where I'm at, and there's white squirrels running around the snow. I'm gonna go film a white squirrel in the snow and send it to you. <laughs> so, tomorrow. and then you guys are both always invited to come whale watching, and oh, now yes. Seth's coming. But I, t I tried to. I think Aaron, I, I reached know. out to you when you were here. Yeah, yeah it was, he told um, me about that. He says he hated you and he didn't want to go. Yeah, so, he's like, nah, I'd rather no, look you at trees the... in Yosemite or something. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I, I was in Yosemite. That was the plan. The, the The trick was the all those storms that closed Highway One. Yeah. 
um, oh, from San Francisco down. From San Francisco maybe. down. So if I was going your way, oh, I, no, want, I wanted to do Big Sur. Big Sur. Yeah, Big Sur is closed. That was all closed, and um, I went up to Reyes Point or Point Reyes, and which was awesome. Yeah, I want to. Um, I want to take Seth there. Um, yeah, you should. Was, was there elephant seals when you went? Uh, I didn't go to that part, but I I only I didn't have a ton of time in in okay. the San Fran area. But so I was there for like three hours. We did that hike to the end of the point. We saw um, mm-hmm. four coyotes, the elk herd, yeah. uh, tons of cool birds. So it, it was there. I don't know if I mean, I'm allowed to say this, but there's somewhere in that park there's a coyote that has blue eyes. Blue eyes. Yeah, people Damn. know, but like That's I cool. have incredible. I know. I know. Fr- I know. I have it. some friends that know where it is. I guess, but or like hangs or something, but. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Um, I have it on video 4K. Woo! 120. 120. If you can't slow it down, I'm not talking. It was winking. It was winking at me. Yeah, if you don't slow it down to super slow-mo, do you even Instagram? (laughs) No. All right, fellas. Till next time. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks, guys.